Hey, glad everyone's back. This is the you need to know. And what do we got going on? Well, there's a lot going on in the Eggvisor Pro app. There have been a lot of questions lately. I mean, I've been flipping through my phone and and we're getting questions from Canada. We're getting stuff all the way down to Kansas. There's there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Some of these things, uh, you know, are definitely in our wheelhouse. Some of these things aren't. Like uh, Milo, I know we talked to Holly Thrasher here a couple months back, and we were quizzing her all about Milo. But uh, I don't know if I dare answer any questions about Milo, just because that's that's a crop I don't grow. But there are other questions in here. So uh, was there a question you had in mind that we should answer this week? I do. Absolutely. And this one is in our wheelhouse. The cool thing with this app is if you if it's not something that you really know or feel comfortable asking, you can follow that question. And then you can see some of the responses that come back from people that are familiar with that or their experiences. So I, I, I like that feature. Yeah, that is a pretty but, cool feature. So the question that we got here is uh, pertains to this year, and this is specifically to canola, but it also could be for other crops. And it's, uh, I'm behind on seeding, and I haven't got all of my canola pre-plant fertilizer down. Should I seed and top dress later? Uh, what are the pros and cons of that? What about broadcasting canola and fertilizer in one pass? There's a lot going on with that question. That's kind of a two-part type of question. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. Do you seed it and then top dress later? So say, let's not screw with fertilizer. It makes the cart heavier, the the air cart on your drill heavier, and you're just going to go in with your, let's say, you know, 500 pounds of seed, something like that. That'd be considerably lighter than tons of fertilizer. So we know you're in a very wet situation. You're behind, things are wet. And then what if you just spread it all? How is that going to work? So that's kind of the two-parter, right? Right. So what's your your preference in in that question, right? I know things are wet, but I I say we tackle the, do you seed it and then top dress it? And I'm going to pick that you seed and top dress. And here's why. I think with seeding, you have so much more depth control. If you can have good depth control, you can have a more even stand, uniform emergence, and you don't have different stages of crop coming up, and, and that really dragging out the, the stage of canola you have later in the season. And you probably have better success establishing a, a more robust population. My fear would be if you spread, you have to find some way to incorporate that seed, right? So mm-hmm. then likely you're taking a heavy harrow. And harrowing and seed. And that does work. I mean, both of us have been in that situation. And I'm pretty damn certain that you're going to be dealing with that situation this year, aren't you? That where you're probably going to be spreading and harrowing some in just because you can't float a drill over some ground. Well, we've got people that are putting canola seed on by airplane in in the area. And so this in this one with with a floater, I mean, one of the things I I I agree, if you can, I'd prefer it to be seeded. So let's say that it's seeded in, you just run some phosphate down with it and you don't have any nitrogen or any sulfur on there. We do have enough moisture. If we remember back to last year where it was like none, this year we should have plenty. So our stands should be very good. And so seeding it, in my opinion, that's the key because it's going to help me manage my flea beetles population. And if it's in the ground with this moisture, that's going to be the place that I would do. Now, I yeah, that's what I'd like it to be. Maybe that's not what's going to happen. I know that if you seed four to five pounds, depending on, you have a very good chance of getting that. 
if we're going to float it on or apply it by air, that's going to be a different seating rate because you have to realize you're not going to cover up everything even with a very aggressive harrow. So there's a, there's a cost difference in that too, even though it's faster. Right. That's a good call out to make there. So, you know, we're, we're always thinking pound to seed, but really it's just finding a population. And I mean, what's been the hype the last, at least for us in North Dakota, the last five years, it's been about planting canola, right? And, yeah. and the whole hype about planting canola is that you have this perfect seed placement, perfect depth, getting it to the right moisture, removing any extra bit of residue, and you get this nice picket stand. If you can get a perfect stand of canola, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, crop insurance claims and what they look at if you get a poor stand of canola. If, if, as long as you, or you look at replanting decisions, I should say it like that. Let's say canola flea beetles. They go knock out a stand of canola. You could be down to two and a half plants, three plants per square foot. So that would be 20 to 30 plants per square meter. And and still get still your maximum yield potential versus replanting. Because ideally you want to be in more of that, oh, I'd say like eight to 10 plants per square foot. But what a lot of people have done with the planters is really pushed on that. And they lower it to the absolute bare minimum. So with planters, they are only planting, at least in my neck of the woods in southwestern North Dakota. If you're going out with a planter, you're probably doing four plants a square foot, something like that. And it drastically reduces seed cost. And that's been the attraction for people doing that because canola seed isn't cheap. It's a, it's a high input cost. And, and then you go the inverse where, and that's, a drill you're going to have to run where you're trying to aim at that 10 plants per square foot. I don't know what that number is if you spread it by air and harrow it in, but I know it's not 10 plants per square foot. You're you're probably having to shoot more seeds out than that to get to that 10 plants emerged per square foot. It's that's a double-edged sword because if you're yeah. doing it that way, you know, some of the, to me, the, the pros of having the fertilizer on ahead of time, uh, either it's on the field and then you seed is that it's it's done, right? And if, if the field is fit to go and you're seeding into it, you don't have to worry about it. Um, it's not that you can't top dress, but now your window for getting that done, you know, with canola, you get a small seed, small plant comes up. You have to be extremely careful if you have crop up when you fertilize, when you're when you're applying it. You know, that, that crop, you're, you're on your corners or if you're using any type of, uh, oh, John Deere case, ag chem type machine, just your corners, you're turning, you can rip stuff out. So it's a, you end up going slower on that same acre that if it's, there's no crop up, you can apply it faster. And then you're going to have to get it on it by a certain time frame in order that, you know, if you got Invigorin, by the time you hit that three leaf, it's like, boom, it takes off. And now you, you're getting to that stage where it's like rapid growth. You want to have your stuff on at that point. So it it's not that it can't be done, but it kind of gets you into a spot where there might be days where you're like, okay, we can't seed. We have to go do this and get this on because we're going to start lowering yield potential by not by going later in the crop stage. And I'm not sure where that particular stage is on canola where, you know, like on wheat, we've talked, if you hit that fifth leaf stage, that's where you need to apply your, your nitrogen before uh, to impact yield. I don't know where that yeah. point is on canola, but canola is going to grow so fast 
that you don't want to be you don't want to be out in a field of canola top dressing when you're six leaf or beyond there's just when it's starting to cabbage yeah. out and fill in rows you're just going to be tearing up more and doing more damage than good i believe there so just thinking out loud you've got such a tighter window to apply nutrients but uh just back to some like common sense things i'm thinking when it comes to nutrition like you were saying earlier jason make sure you apply your phosphate with seed still or or a mineral band or or however you're going to put it down but make sure it's in the soil because top dressed phosphate isn't going to give you the same effect at all i mean that might be long term something okay for the field that cropping season no and so if you need phosphate if you have low phosphate levels in the field and you're adding phosphate to your your canola fertility plan because it's a yield limiting factor then make sure it's going through the drill and it's actually getting incorporated into the soil and close to a rooting plant. And so generally I say that's with your starter fertilizer. So you run a starter, but nitrogen and sulfur, urea and ammonium sulfate, that stuff just all can get incorporated through rainfall. So that's not a big deal. You can top dress that. But just know that the window is a little tighter as far as when you're going to apply. Yeah. Just my guess. I'm a, I agree. I, I don't exactly know what that is, but... I'm going to be very similar to four leaf. I mean, if I smell, if it smells like cabbage out there when I'm on a four wheeler on the field, I think it's too, we're past that point because the plant has taken off. I would uh, probably prefer to do it when it's still small and you can kind of row it. Because uh, if you go slow on that stuff, that stuff bounces back. But once it starts getting bigger, we're already at the stage where we are using, we're starting to, the demand for nutrients is fairly high. So, and it's, I don't think you want to have that many tracks in a field the later stage. So it's not without it's, it. It can be done. It's just that you have to, yeah, if you're going to keep seeding to seed because this weather has been so terrible, <laughs> um, you can do it, but you're going to have to prioritize quite a bit, I think. You know, and just to throw in one more thing for clarity, if you are spreading canola, I've heard of this done multiple ways, although... The, the only way you should be spreading it is either through its solo product by itself by air. That can be done fairly accurately. Or you have a granular box on a boom spreader. I've heard a guy saying, well, can't you just mix it with the fertilizer and go spread it out? And, I mean, I've really been asked that before. And so I'm sure that if we've been asked that, others think it and are asking the question. And I would say, don't go there. And there's a couple reasons for that. I mean, one is just... You're, you're talking a high expense for seed and you start to blend that with fertilizer, you could have easily see some major salt damage and affecting germination before you even get it out into the field. How long does it sit there in, in a blender, in a truck, before it gets spread out of a spreader and safe and away from, from seeds? So that salt injury could be a big deal. But I would say second is... Uh, most fertilizer plants are probably going to go, uh, no, thank you. That's not happening because we're not going to contaminate our blenders with canola seed when we have all these other crops that go out. What if they're spreading Roundup Ready canola versus Liberty Link canola? You know, think about the contamination that happens in a blender. You can't get all that seed out of there. So likely you're not going to find someone that'll blend fertilizer with that. And then the last thing I was thinking of is just the bulk density. The bulk density is seed. Yeah versus bulk density to fertilizer, so different. And, and so that, that seed is going to probably, it is not going to uniformly mix up. And so you're not going to get a uniform mix spread out into the field. And then you're going to get an uneven stand. Yeah, that's that's my biggest thing is right there. We've, 
we've spread it. We've spread it with, you know, in the main bin, you got fertilizer, your blend of fertilizer. In your granular bins, you do canola. Uh, generally, we always had a higher rate of canola seed that went on because you, you never can get everything covered uh, because pr- primarily it's something like a harrow that's uh, doing it. I have seen canola that has been on the surface that has germinated if you get enough moisture that it will and root down. And the stuff that is covered up, yeah, there's, there's no problem. But that's not fun stuff to scout. It, uh, I've seen it work very well. I've seen it be a, just a train wreck. And so there's, it's, there's more risk in doing that versus putting seed through a drill, getting what you can, and then either going and having your fertilizer on ahead of that seeding or top dressing afterwards. I'm just, I'm just looking at managing risk. I mean, when you have stuff that's on the surface, below the surface buried, you have this uneven stand emergence. My flea beetles, uh, my herbicide timing isn't that messed up, but could always be better if it's in the ground with a, with a drill or an air seeder. Right. So to summarize this question, I think both of us are in team, run it through the drill if you can. But if you are forced into a situation, we understand sometimes, and I think that's something that Jason, you've said a lot of times, logistics beats agronomy in, 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 a, yeah. in a lot of circumstances. So if it's so dang wet that you really don't have a choice and you got to spread it, just mind you, you have to increase your seeded population in order to do it. You got to find someone with a spreader with a granular box, which most in canola country still have that stuff. So you just you just got to find it like that. And and then again, the bulk density thing, uh, an air boom would be better than spinner spreaders just because you have big differences in the weight of the seed. So if it goes out a whirlybird spreader, you're probably going to get a different spread pattern on your canola seeds versus your fertilizer pearls. So boom spreader, granular box, you got to harrow it in and... You need to increase your planted population versus what you would have normally done with the drill. So there, there's a lot of things to think about if you're going to be stuck in that situation. And unfortunately, those things happen all really fast and last minute because that isn't what you're planning on doing. And if it's wet, you're scrambling to get things done. So just slow down for a moment. Think through those things and make sure they get done in that way. And I would say that's the you need to know this week. It is. Well, we'll see you guys. <laughs>